Welcome to the Your Hero's Journey podcast, episode two. I'm Eddie Enova, and on today's show, we have Bob Walter, the board president of the Joseph Campbell Foundation. Now, Bob knew Joseph Campbell personally and worked with him for many, many years, so there's no one better to get onto the show to talk about Joseph Campbell and the work that he did, the hero's journey, which he's most famous for, and what it really means about the way that we live our lives. So I'm super excited to bring Bob on, and I hope you really, really enjoy this episode. So, Bob, I first became aware of you when I was actually very, very well. Um, I was going through chemotherapy and somebody gave me the film slash documentary. Um, I think that's maybe what you call it, Finding Joe. Um, a beautiful film about the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell's work, which I hope we can explore a little bit today. And there was a man on there who spoke very eloquently about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. Um, and that was that was you. Um, and I remember at the time I was watching it and I said to myself, one day I'm going to have a podcast and I want, inverted commas, that guy. And so here I am speaking to that guy. And I'm very, very happy to have you on. This is actually episode two. So it's the first episode that has a guest on it. So I'm super excited that it's you. So thank you so much for being uh, so good with your time and being willing to come on and speak to me, Bob. I'm honored. And uh, thank you for getting up at the crack of dawn to make this happen. <laughs> uh, listen, we get up really early here in Australia. You know, we've got to go uh, wrangle those kangaroos in. Um, uh, <laughs> so, um, Bob, can you tell us a, a little bit about, about yourself? Because looking at your bio, you've had a really colourful career and I'd love to learn a little bit of, about you and also the events that led up to the work and the beautiful work that you do with the Joseph Campbell Foundation. Could you um, share a little bit? Um, sure. Uh, th there are a few, a few strands that have run through my life. <clears throat> One of them is uh, uh, an interest in, in metaphysics and in religion and in spirituality. Um, another is uh, an interest in how um, those things manifest themselves uh, in, in, uh, in art <clears throat> and in the arts, particularly in the performing arts, um, mm. which in my understanding of how it functions, grew out of, you know, a, a, a ritual embodiment of, of these um, timeless stories. So um, although my my resume looks like a, somebody who has made a lot of right and left hand turns, there's uh, my friend Harry Chafin has a lyric that there's no straight lines make up my life and all my um, all my roads have bends. There's no clear cut awesome. beginnings and so far no dead ends. And um, so, so those, those interests combined to lead me, first of all, into a Jesuit seminary out of high school, and then, and then into a, a education and, and philosophy and psychology and trying to figure out, I think I had more majors in college than most people have years in college um, by far. And, and then I set, ended up in, uh, in, in theater and uh, started to create what I called secular rituals, um, moving further and further toward the West Coast of, of the United States. <clears throat> and, uh, and, that, and, and I ended up um, in, in a, on a Ford Foundation uh, fellowship at um, Stanford University. And it was supposed to be a three-year program to get a degree in directing, but I'd already had a company in Chicago. I'd been doing all this stuff. 
And so um, I just started doing more things there, uh, which was not, not necessarily the program, um, but then I have this habit of never really sticking to the program. And, uh, and so um, uh, the long story short is I ended up in New York with some friends. I got hired into professional theater and I had about a decade of, uh, of work on Broadway and off Broadway and in regional theaters around the country. Mm. Um, I had started out as a writer. I had a big show, several shows of mine produced one on the West coast and my, my studies were in directing, but, um, I, I found an awful lot of, uh, of, of, of great work and the ability to work with really interesting people by, mm. um, bringing all these skills together and, and, and doing production management and things like that. Um, Amazing. And I had a lot of technical background. So in the midst of all this, though, at a certain point, um, I, I, re, I, I kind of burnt out. I, I felt victim to that, uh, a trap that we, anybody in the, in, the, in, in the gig economy knows all too well, and that is I don't, dare say no to this job because I'll never get asked again. And uh, so uh, I, I wrestled with that for a while. And, and then that took me on an adventure of uh, starting an, an inn and, uh, and, and going to a regional theater. And finally, because I'm thinking I, I had to escape the, um, the revolving wheel in, in, in the commercial theater in New York, um, the places I went, you know, I'd bump into the same people. And I was coming to realize I loved the um, the excitement and the challenges of mounting a show. But once it got up and it was running, um, I could maintain it. That was my job. But there wasn't much juice in that. So okay, so so it was the production of it and the creativity of it that was really floated your boat. Yeah, I mean that. And again, what I thought I was doing when I went into theater is creating secular rituals, coming mm. out of the '60s and the. Um, and be-ins and uh, uh, rock concerts and, 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 well, you know, my, my mentor and friend, Joseph Campbell, talked about them as being sort of um, contemporary incarnation of Dionysian rituals. Um, and, and, and they were certainly that. And uh, through, I've just been blessed by um, uh, open, you know, when, when I can set aside what I think I'm supposed to do or what my friends say I should be doing or what the logical next step might be and just not assume there is no logic to the next step, but open myself to what the universe might bring. Uh, I've been serendipitously blessed. And, and through, again, a long story that I won't get into now, I found myself shit canned, fired from this community theater that in, 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 <laughs> where I invested all this, I brought in Julie Harris and Henry Fonda and sent a company out into the schools and, and did a main stage show and went back to New York and found out that, oh, I, just before I went, um, this is when you don't listen. This is an example of not listening to the universe. Um, just <laughs> uh, like four days before I was supposed to go, all our stuff was packed. My wife who would also come out of the theater. She'd managed Stratford in Ontario and she'd, we'd met at theater London in Canada when I was touring. Um, she comes home and she says, I just got offered a job today. And I said, what for going to Savannah, Georgia. 
And she said, well, it's, it's with uh, the Theater of the Open Eye. And I, and I said, that's Joseph Campbell and Gene Erdman's theater. And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, man, you got to take that. So I went to Savannah. All right. But it gets better. Two days later, I get a phone call that the so-called theater, which was a converted um, golf clubhouse, um, burnt down. And I said, oh, well, that's okay. You know, it wasn't very good theater. And I like to do theater and found spaces. So we'll, we'll just do that. We'll build a new theater. And uh, when I came back to New York to celebrate a, an opening with my wife and, and Jean and, and Joe Campbell, um, two days later, I got fired in Savannah. And right after the legislature approved a bricks and mortar grant for a new theater. And I was, you know, everybody's going, oh, sue them, you know, do this, this is crazy. Um, and, and, and I was going to do that. Um, but, you know, that weekend, uh, Joe was lecturing at the open eye and they needed my help as a tech guy. So I went down and, uh, and, off, and I ran the slides for him and stuff. And we went out to lunch and um, through a series of circumstances, uh, about a week later, I ended up working with him. Um, and Amazing. from that, we started a publishing company. And from that publishing company, because no one else would publish him, and that publishing company um, led to, among other things, us getting uh, Joe and Bill Moyers together to, to, to talk, although we didn't know what that would be. And there was a sudden posthumous celebrity that he had. And yep. in order to address that, his widow and I realized we needed to start, uh, an in, that we needed some kind of a container for this. And, and we started the Joseph Campbell Foundation, which is the long way around to where I got to, you know, and that was 30 years ago. So mm. this particular, the bend in this particular road has been very gradual and very, you know, uh, yeah. some, some duration. But uh, yeah. when I look back, uh, you know, I'm reminded of, of Joe's quoting Schopenhauer about, you know, if you've led a life filled with adventures or heroes' journeys or heroes' adventures, mm -hmm. as he would have them, um, and then you look back on your life, it starts to read like a novel, but a mm -hmm. novel that you realize something no one else could have written. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, so I've got a, you know, a, a shaggy dog, you know, bunch of experiences that turns into this, uh, a lengthy resume, um, which I finally agreed to put out there just because uh, I, I, I would get asked questions like this, like, how did you end up here? <laughs> well, it sounds like a hell of a ride. It sounds amazing to, to, to know Joseph Campbell. You obviously must have got to know him very, very well, yeah? And we worked together on a daily basis for almost yeah. a decade. Yeah. What, what was he like? What was the man like? Um, endlessly inquisitive, uh, mm -hmm. and, and looking, uh, throughout his career at, um, I guess what we might call the, uh, the, what, why we do what we do question, yeah. um, as, and, you know, trying to bring all these different perspectives that he had together uh, he, when he was a young man he, he said he wanted to write an outline of everything that would have a place for Plato and a toothbrush um, so he was always looking for these connections uh, and you know I, I won't I won't get into the biographical details but this inquisitiveness um, 
you know, infected everything he did. And, and um, it, re it was also, uh, there, there was a, uh, he was a gentleman and, uh, and, and got engaged in other people's ideas and work. Uh, so he would, uh, by the time we were working together, he was very structured in his time because he could lose a whole afternoon with his enthusiasm and theos. You know, uh, yeah. the God inside, this energy inside that would yeah. connect with another person. Um, yeah. And uh, he, th there was a there was a part of him, too, that was a realist or a pragmatist in the sense that um, he, he did his very best to stay focused on his work and the big questions he'd been grappling with. And at one point when we'd been working together for five or six years with our third partner, Alfred Vandermark. We'd started a publishing company. We'd been <clears throat> working on this book that he'd been working on for six years before I even got involved, this historical atlas of world mythology. It'd been one volume and two volumes and four volumes, four volumes in multiple parts. And we'd like mortgage our houses. Everything was in this company. Um, our wives are supporting us. and. Um, Nobody seemed to give a damn. Nobody was interested. We shopped that thing, you know, uh, thought originally uh, somebody would snatch it all up and nobody was interested. We started a publishing company, said, we'll do it ourselves. Nobody wanted to distribute it. And, and it was, um, you know, one day I said to him, you know, um, do you ever get discouraged? And he said, I'm a human being. Yeah, of course I get discouraged. Why? And I said, well, you know. I'm pretty damn discouraged right now. We've been going at this thing, you know, and we've been making this book. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. We, you know, we, we, we're, we're accumulating more and more debt. You know, we don't yet know how we're ever going to get it out. I didn't say you're almost 80 years old and now it's a multi-part opus um, that you want to do by yourself. Um, and and uh, he, he said, look, you know, you, you don't sort of, you know, get caught up in that he said what well, just just you just stay focused on the work and and you tell yourself if what i'm doing positively impacts one other person then it will have been worth it hmm. and um you know this was long before you know uh, or, or about the time that you know George Lucas and the filmmakers were discovering the hero with a thousand faces, although it had been out for years. Yeah, um, yeah. It just, you know, it had been a, I mean, I, I taught from it at California Institute of the Arts. Uh, so it was, but it wasn't in the, in the larger popular culture. Yeah. And yeah. as I say, he, his celebrity was largely posthumous when that, mm. out Joseph Campbell and the Power of Myth with Bill Moyers aired. And nobody yes. knew that I was just going to get, they're just going to talk. I mean, we didn't have any idea going in what it would be. Um, yeah. But you, you watch those and you can see that, that, that spark in them, that inspiration, you know, it's just, that was his thing, wasn't it? He just absolutely lived it and loved it. Yeah. No, he was, he was just all, all in, um, you know, when he was mm. there, he was all in. And uh, yeah. And, and that must have time, rubbed off on everyone around him too. Yeah. So rubbed off on you, rubbed off on anyone else he was working with. It must have been. Yeah, yeah no, he did, and, and you know, he he. Another aphorism of his is, um, you know, when he says people say they're seeking the meaning of life, I think they're looking for the rapturous experience of being alive. And he mm. would go on to say that it's out of that rapturous experience that a person is enlivened. 
and that an mm. enlivened person enlivens those around them. And, yes. and you know, and, and I, I know that to be true. I'm just mm. as, you know, just as somebody uh, who's, who's in a downward spiral can pull everybody else right along with them. Um, Absolutely. And the, the environment know, that you keep or the, the company that you keep is so powerful on you. You know, this, this whole field of science, epigenetics, which is the, the chemistry of our environment, it impacts us like as, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, also physically. So, you know, to have these beautiful people that are inspired around you brings that energy to you, that life, that health to you. Yeah, and it has important. to go over into your area of work more directly. It it has a decided physiological um, impact. I mean, I, mm. I've been re reexamining um, placebo literature and placebo studies again. Mm. So I've I've developed a bunch of thoughts on um, mythology, health, and healing, and mm. and and what's now proven really is it, it's the it's the narrative between the healer and the person being healed. It's a, do they really see me? You know, uh, what are their, what is their intentionality here? Um, mm. And, and, and that these activate the you know, body's natural immune system. Absolutely. And we call them placebos and yet their effectiveness is like 2% different mm. in most clinical studies than what we put mm. out as a pharmaceutical. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's so powerful. It has to be every study has to be blinded against it because it is, you know, from a science point of view, it's this annoying little anomaly that gets in the way of statistics. Yeah. But it's a very, very real thing. And so, well, yeah, like the, you say, the, that person's own part of it, you know, their belief in the treatment, the theatre of the medicine, whatever it is that comes to it, you know, all plays a really important part of the outcome. Well, you know, in, in the documentary Placebo uh, Cracking the Code, I think it's called. Um, mm. th th there's one, um, one, one, one anecdote, one story that, that struck me above all else. And that is that, um, he talks about this, this now, uh, very prominent psychiatrist in London in his eighties, I guess, is interviewed. He talks about when he was just starting out and, um, this patient was brought in who, had this these warts all over his his body and uh and uh, the surgeon was trying to like work on the fingers and getting nowhere and th this guy who was new said uh well you know why don't you try hypnosis and the guy had mm -hmm. right well you try hypnosis and the surgeon left and mm -hmm. and so that he had just a little bit of knowledge that, that in some cases hypnosis it had something to do with um getting you know warts to drop off and so yeah, yeah. he hypnotized the guy and um and you know said you know these warts are going to fall off on your arm and, and you're going to and uh pink skin is going to come up and so on and uh and uh it did and then he mm -hmm. went to see the surgeon who was in the th operating room and showed him the arms and the guy came out and 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 uh what happened? And he said, "Well, you know, I, I know there's this literature, and uh, you know that shows this." And, and then the surgeon said, "But, but he didn't have warts. That's mm. what we now know as elephantiasis." Oh um, wow! And it was—it's incurable. And yeah. uh, and so, but the, the this you know the psychiatrist, this 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 young man at that point, um, they he worked together and pretty much was in full 
remission. Um, mm. And then this story got out, and he was re really um, this a, um, psychiatrist was like suddenly besieged by everybody with this disease, and he never was able to cure another person mm. uh, with hypnosis. And uh, and and he was asked why that was, and he said because by then I knew what it really was. He said, yeah. he said, he said so. I, I, obviously, what I wasn't saying or didn't, you know, it 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 came through. Um, yeah, these nonverbal you know, cues and body language and belief from the physician, and, and, but also the the patient. Yeah, well, there's the physician. If the physician now knows that what he thought he was treating and the way he was treating it isn't what it is at all. Um, yeah, yeah. And this is so so important, like because obviously a lot of people listening to this will be people that are met with you know chronic health complaints, whether that's something like an autoimmune condition or a, a diagnosis of a, a cancer or mental health things, and for them to know that you know the placebo and the placebo science shows that you know you play a big part of your outcome um whereas in a, a lot of the time in especially the chronic cases um you know medicine doesn't have all the answers you know for acute medical care for surgeries for you know for infections um all these sorts of things you break a bone you absolutely want to be going seeing a doctor you don't want to be going seeing so you no know, herbalist or naturopath but for the chronic cases you know they they really struggle and so the a lot of the healing power needs to come back to the patient and you know the way that they're living their life and the meaningful change that they're actually creating within their life and to know that they do actually have some power over over the outcome here and placebo shows us this this mind body healing effect that can that can be there um so so important because it's so and, easy and, and you just put that together i mean you, we're both cancer survivors it isn't a yes. binary choice okay no. it, it, you know it, it uh, you know, I, I may have you know shared this with you in an earlier you know conversation offline about when I was in Brazil and you know first talking about mythology, health, and healing, and a lot of these ideas. And I was booked, unbeknownst to me, into this like Ritz Carlton of a private hospital in a medical theater, and the doors opened and two hundred white coats came in, and I mm -hmm. was like, you know, who am I? To to talk to them, but I, I, I went into the conversation and um, uh, at, at the intermission, um, five, five doctors, female doctors, interesting, all women, in the front row came up and said, you don't need to be nervous. Our job here at the hospital is to learn the story of the disease. Uh, mm. and because if we don't know the story of the disease, if the patient doesn't know the story of the disease, if we, you know, the disease has a narrative it has a story there and it has to come out mm -hmm. in order for for transformation to occur and yes Amazing. we use all the conventional medicine and they used alternative eastern medicines but ultimately oh. it came down to you know a buy-in where it wasn't like uh, you know the old-fashioned that patient comes in and says oh almighty doctor in the white coat heal me um doesn't work or now <laughs> you know, <laughs> The head of this hospital was saying to me, we have the other problem. We went for coffee after my talk. And he said, you know, now the patient comes in and says, I have brain cancer. Mm. And I've you Googled say, it. Well, <laughs> I Googled it, right. It's, it's, it's three clicks from a headache to brain cancer. Um, and he said, you know, so we were saying either one, either one, what's happening is the patient is suspending agency 
We're taking agency mm. beyond its effective bounds. There is no conversation. There is no common agreed upon understanding of, um, you know, of, of, of the story of the disease to use, mm. you know, the English translation of their Portuguese. Uh, it, but, but we, you know, we've come far enough, I think now, and placebo studies, which is where we started this conversation, have gotten mm. us there. Um, mm. But placebo but I think, studies, if you, I just one last thing, because I want to bring it back around to myth. Yeah. Really, my area more than teaching the Lord's Prayer to the Pope. Um, <laughs> it, it's it, it, the the older narratives are are we can look at them now as myths. Mm. You know, meaning they're they're metaphors. That's what we understood. It was how we, you know, tried to treat the disease. The stories have to change and the stories of traditional medicine are binary it's mm. this if it's this it cause can't and effect be that. Yeah. yeah 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 and um and so we, we have to um, find our way to new healing relationships which means we have to find our way to <clears throat> look at look at the stories that we've been you know grown up in you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the and it's also one. opening up, opening up our ears to listen to the the, uh, the patients as well, or the clients, just to to listen to their biography. I know Carolyn Miss in her book Anatomy of Spirit um, has this beautiful quote: "Your uh, your biology, your biography becomes your biology." Um, and so, you know, when you can understand that person sitting in in front of you and all the events that have led up to them being in front of you, and all their stresses, and all their marriage breakdowns, and all their financial demise, or whatever it is that's in their their background. When you can take time, you know, you can see why people get on well. You can see how diseases can potentially start to, to develop. And, you know, that takes a bit of time, though. And I think that's maybe where medicine struggles because they don't have a lot of time. You know, your appointments are very, very short, so you can't listen. So this is where the, the therapists sometimes come in. And sometimes these complementary alternative practitioners have that ability to have, spend a little bit more time. And integratively, if they, we can all work together, we can get some really good results for people. You know, when I was in California... We were handled. Um, our medical care was all through Kaiser, and Kaiser was, uh, you know, is, is, is the height of efficiency. And mm. each doctor who came in, and they all kind of came in one and another for, for their five minutes or whatever. All had mm. had the computerized records and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. When I got here to Mexico City, it's a a pen and a paper, and no appointment is is shorter than an hour. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and they take the time. I mean, they took the time to, you know, so that I knew that they knew me, um, mm. you know, the patient knows that the doctor knows them and, and had, uh, you know, uh, demonstrated in that their competency. Um, mm. and, uh, and it, it was, a, there was a mutual narrative developed. Um, it's a very, very different dynamic. Um, it's much more powerful too. Like you say, for the placebo effect, you know, it's much more powerful when you can really know that you felt understood and heard, uh, and listened to that's, um, a a powerful part of that, that, that healing process, I suppose. It's a prerequisite according to most of the research. Um, it's a Mm, prerequisite mm, and, mm. you know, I mean, it's really, uh, bend this back to where we started with finding Joe. I, yeah. I remember clearly when, when, when Patty threw me um, this thing and said, well, when do you think um, 
somebody becomes the hero of their own life. And, hmm. and, and I said, almost without thinking when they get tired of being the victim of their own life. Um, yeah. Wow. But, but there is this turn and, and it goes back to the sense of agency. You know, this is, mm. this is me, this is my story. Um, mm. Good, bad, or indifferent. These are all the things that make it up. Um, mm. I'm, I'm now on that consciously on that hero's adventure. I'm not, mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not being dragged along. I'm not Sancho Panza to somebody else's Don Quixote quest. I'm, you know, mm. it's my story. Mm. I, I, mm. I, I just talked to a group of middle schoolers here at the Swiss school excuse me, in Mexico City. These kids are, are, are kind of amazing and they're all effectively trilingual. They're, they're, learning in, they're learning English and it's a Swiss school, so a lot of lessons are in German and there's, they live in Mexico City. Um, and they'd spent a whole period of time on the hero's journey. And, and so I agreed to talk to them. And, and at one point, um, the, and I gave, I, I did, you know, did it, pared down little thing and then took questions. And some of the questions were typical smart ass junior high questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there were some ones that were really, really um, made me stop. And, and, and there was one that I, I learned afterwards. Uh, I thought I must have really blown this because after I answered, there was just nobody had another question for a long time. And there was a whole bunch of silence. And you know, mm. Being like everyone else, a little insecure, I'm thinking, oh, fuck, I lost them. Excuse me. <laughs> I lost them, you know? They're not here anymore. And then one of the parents, you know, sent me a, 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 an email. And the question, they, this girl had said, well, you know, who's your favorite hero? And we talked Superman and Ulysses and the men who walked on the moon. And, it, and, and I thought for a minute and I said, me? And that was wow. this long silence. And and then I said, you know, well, I mean, if 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 you're not the most important figure in your own story, who is? Um, and we don't know that. We don't see that. You know, you, mm. we all think about, you know, uh, uh, well, doctors, politicians, yeah. someone outside of yourself, somebody else. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and, some, and so the, the parent said to me that apparently this became a topic of conversation, much to the teacher's appreciation, um, mm. because it's a really hard lesson to learn. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it is. So it's, it's, you're, especially you're that age, you're just coming into agency for yourself and everything, mm. a lot of stuff around you is, is saying, no, you're a kid, you know, we got the answers, we got the responsibilities and and there's this whole other part of society that's saying, hey, wait a minute, you only got six years to make your first million. Uh, and, <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah so, it, you, it's, so, it, so, it's you when talk you to, make that turn. Yeah. Hmm. So, you talked um, about obviously the hero's journey or the hero's adventure. And I know you've probably answered this question a million and one times, but for people out there that aren't familiar with Campbell's work and the hero's adventure, also very commonly sort of known as the hero's journey, could you give it a really super brief sort of breakdown just so it's understandable for people that may may not be familiar with it? Sure. Uh, a, a, an individual, our hero in waiting, if you will, 
begins in some kind of a landscape or some kind of a society or some kind of a village or some kind of a situation and senses that something's wrong, something's not right, it's not feeling right. And so along with that, they they get a call to adventure that something says, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, step outside your common, you know, day-to-day -day boundaries, you know, something's calling you to move, move out. And so you go through a process of called separation. It's akin to walking over a threshold, the threshold being the break between two rooms, you know, that a doorway defines. And in, in olden days, there actually was something you had to step up and over. And when you do that, you're not in that quotidian reality. You're not in that situation where you began from, you're somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So the first step, big step is separation. And if you might say it's discomfort, discomfiture, ill at, Ill at easedness that, that enables you to make that separation into another world. And, you know, you go in there with this great intention. Oh, I'm going to find an answer. I'm going to you know, find a princess to marry. I'm going to find a pot of gold. You know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to learn the you know the lore of the ancients. I'm going to be exposed to all these wonderful secrets and it's going to make everything right. But actually, it's more, it's better thought of as a road of trials. You know, the gold is there, yeah, but there's a dragon guarding it. You know, there, mm -hmm. there's a maiden there, but when you go to kiss her, she turns into a frog or, 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 or an old head. So it's not what you expect. It's much like the difference between a, a personal dream, dream time, in that sense, not, not in necessarily in the Australian sense of the word, but dream time where, where it's populated by things that have a familiarity but they're not quite the same and uh, and, mm. and and so you go through a series of uh, of challenges of trials of mm. um, you 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 frequently meet uh, antagonists and you often meet mentors uh, people who help you out mm. and, and at some point you discover something which in the in the in the narrative is a, called a boon it might be the magic words. It might be the elixir of youth, you know, that the Gilgamesh set out for. <clears throat> it might just be an insight. And and when you have that, you got to get back. <clears throat> you got to take mm -hmm. it back. So the second part, so it's separation, then initiation, which, which is a, an umbrella for the challenges and the um, the good fortune and all of these adventures. And then it's return. You have mm -hmm. to get back. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, you've stolen fire from the gods, so to speak, and you know you're pursued back. Um, when you get back, you you return, and and again, it's not some. Yeah, sometimes a, a whole town comes out to meet you, and you know your family embraces you and says, "What a wonderful adventure!" And you know, rose petals fly, confetti comes down, and everything's great. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> sometimes you come back, and they go, "What are you talking about?" Have you lost yeah. your mind? Yeah. Or worst case, you know, come on over here, boy. I want to hang you up on this cross. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's uh, the, the, you 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 have to return. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, you you have to come back around, but you have to come back with sort of no expectation because uh, you know. And and in in all of these in all of these scenarios, narratives, films epic religious hero tradition all of this mm. th there is this um 
they're they're packed with uncertainties. Mm-hmm. And and I like you know Campbell in the Hero of a Thousand Faces talks about the hero's adventure. It later became popularized to the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. I like to talk about it as adventure because he would also say, that "My mark, you know, for me." the most fulfilling life is, is for somebody who has, has a series of heroes adventures. You know, mm. the, the, you come back and yeah, you're not the same person, but you're not going to mm. remain the same person. Something else is going to, you know, be a burr under your saddle or, you know, uh, my, my peripatetic, you know, personal narrative is full of that, you know, um, these, all right, so oh, from one, one journey to the next journey to the next spiraling yeah. through life, yeah? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and growing a, and growing on the way as well, like growing as a human being. And it seems to me like the, the hero's journey, it just sits so well within us. You know, we love it. We love to watch it, you know, whether it be Star Wars or Frodo Baggin or Harry Potter or all these other ones that seem to to follow this this hero's journey type framework. And I know that it's taught in schools, like writing schools, isn't it, as a bit of a, a framework to, you know, to follow, to write these epics. And... Yes, but it seems but it's, to sit in us also, very well. It's, it, well, it's because it's innate in us. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it in the world around us. You know, yeah, the sun comes yeah. up, we're in one reality, Twilight yeah. happens, we step into another reality, dawn mm. comes, we're back again. Mm. We see these cycles. Uh, we mm. are awake. You know, X yeah. number of hours a day, we go to sleep. Mm. You know, um, we're in another land. We have, yeah. you know, we have some, uh, sometimes no memory, sometimes visceral memory. We bring something mm. back. Sometimes we don't bring back anything other than a state of bewilderment or befuddlement. Um, but... Mm. This is a cycle that we all know. Um, we see it in in, in and this in call to adventure. Mm. Um, so sorry, this this call to adventure. This can also be things like to to uh, around the work that I do. You know, if people that are, are met with challenges, whether that's mental health or a physical disease, like a cancer diagnosis, this can be a, a really powerful call to adventure that can send you on a, a hero's journey, can't it? Well, it does. It necessitates it because. Yeah. If yeah. Not, no, no matter how you you look at, at that challenge, it it it, it, mm. it says to you, you you cannot go on the way you have. Mm. Um, mm. F- f- you know, physically maybe, emotionally certainly. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you're ch- you can't take it back. Well, you mm. know, okay, I don't have it anymore. You know. Um, and 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 so so somehow you have to you you have to learn to go with the change i think you know mm. um, because and again i'm i'm now i'm i'm teaching the lord's prayer to the pope again but you know it seems to me like when when you are resisting the change that that's happening around you of which you're a part um mm. That creates an innate stress in your body or series of stresses because you're not being who you are. You're being who you think you're supposed to be or who your parents told you you were or who all your buds just say, man, you know, come on, bro. This isn't you. Um, you're, 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 there is this, this friction, this stress. Um, yeah. And, and what happens well, I'll share. I'll share with you a personal story that that I've returned to as being metaphoric for me. 
mm. when I was in my 20s, in the midst of my, what am I doing with my life theater career? What am I doing in general? Um, a whole bunch of us um, that were working on a show, we closed the show. Um, you know, and that's one of the things you learn in the theater is, you know, it's a play and it ends. <laughs> you know, the curtain comes down and it's a, you're back. So we decided to, to, to canoe the Delaware River, which is this long river that runs down the east coast of the United States. And it starts out at a little trickle and it ends up in the, you know, in this huge Chesapeake Bay and this. And so we, we rented canoes and we got a place where we were going to be put in and we all did our packing and everything. And we got in the canoes only to realize that of the eight of us, only three had ever been in a canoe before. Um, <laughs> and, Oops. Oops. <laughs> I'm sure about that one. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the little thing we forgot, you know? Oh, we got our things we think wrapped waterproof and we got to, and so we'd, and we'd laid out this thing, how many, how, where, what landmarks we were going to hit, you know, where we put up each night. And uh, I mean, the first day, you know, we didn't even make it a quarter of a way to our first beach bed. We, we found a place and we put in and, you know, we made a fire and, you know, we went to bed and we woke up and we were on the lawn of this big <laughs> estate, you know? What we thought was like wilderness. No, no, no. It's it's this big, you know, like mansion. Are <laughs> they going to send the dogs out? We didn't know. Anyway, so we, we kept going. And the second day, we got a little bit better. Um, we came to this place where there was an island. It was the first obstacle we'd seen. And on one side, it was really rough water. And on the other side, it seemed very calm. And we all kind of you know, pulled up together. We'd seen it in the movies. We held on to each other's canoes and, and uh, we said, go that way, go the, go the, go, go the smooth way. <clears throat> so the first canoe went out and went around the corner and it capsized <clears throat> and uh, all, you know, stuff in the river and, and we're all going, come on, you know, this is so the second one went, it capsized. The third one decided to go the right, you know, the other way and it capsized. And so the, I, you know, I was in the last canoe, and it was like clear to me it didn't matter which way we went, we were going to capsize. So we didn't go either way. We went straight into the head of this island where all of my colleagues had now were gathering, and they were, you know, um, bare chested now, wringing out their clothes, and and then you were nice and dry. <laughs> and, and and you know, and uh, where we put in at the end of the island, I heard this sound, this kind of kind of high-pitched keening sound and we all kind of gathered there couldn't figure out what something in the distance and came closer and closer and <clears throat> it was a convoy of a dozen canoes with girl scouts in it each okay. canoe had two girl scouts and they they were you know singing and they without they didn't even stop they just went around the corner of this island and continued on down the river you know giving some strange looks to these <laughs> These neo natives sitting on the shore, and um, <laughs> and so I thought about that a lot, you know. And and we we all eventually made our way down the river. We finally got a little bit late to where we needed to be, um, but that is that whole thing stuck in my head, and and I came away from it saying, you know, the only thing I can really do is pick the sturdiest canoe that I can find, provision it well, and then put into the river. And with, with just two rules, one, 
use my paddle as little as possible. If I get stuck in the still water, use my paddle. If I need to navigate mm. some rapids, use my paddle. Otherwise, trust the river, which is what mm. we finally learned, how to read the river. Mm. And, and, and I said, and the second thing, no matter what happens, keep singing. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Because it and is so, like so, that, that analogy for life is, you know, if you fight against the, the current, you, know, you tie yourself out and, you know, that resistance there. And it's so easy, I suppose, for life to, like you said before, you know, you can start living someone else's life or what you should be doing, could be doing, need to be doing, ought to be doing all these these things. And we're disconnecting from our essential nature, aren't we, in doing that? And absolutely. Maybe that hero's journey comes along to, to wake us up, to come back into who we truly are, to follow our bliss, as Joseph Campbell would say, yeah? Yeah, it, it's true. And the other lesson I think we've learned globally are, are, and are still in the middle of it, and that is that that journey and that adventure, it, it, it's not going out. It's going in. Yeah, okay? yeah, in, yeah it's, it's going in. And, you know, yeah. and to some extent that, that can be horribly a horrifying experience for people who have avoided mm. that. It, mm. it, it can also be a tremendously liberating experience because you, you you are suddenly looking at what's happening in a very different way um yeah and, and it's throwing us back on ourselves this is the only uncomfortable part it's it's you know there's something about being masked and you know maintaining social distance and mm. all of these things that 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 work against the transparency that we would hope to model in our lives and the, yeah. and the social construct that should sustain us, whether mm -hmm. it does or not is a whole other question, but, yeah. but whatever about it, we can't blame it on out there anymore. Mm. You know, you know, mm. I, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's all metaphorically and, 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 and actually in this little organism that, that mm. you know, is, is changing just as fast as, as, as we struggle to stay up with it. So it's yeah. a, and in a strange way, it's forcing us to spend time with ourselves and to, to go within. You know? Yes, and, it is. And that's maybe you know, part of the reason why alcohol use is up and suicide and mental health issues and all these really struggles is people maybe don't know how to navigate that terrain, for one, because it's just not you know taught to us, it's not modelled to us really, um, and they have to medicate that with something, whether that be violence or, you know, or work or alcohol, whatever it might be, but, you know, you know, there's that opportunity, isn't there, to, to potentially go within. Um, but that can be, like you say, be quite confronting for people if they, they know that there's some some cobwebs in there and some some things in the depth of Mordor, <laughs> 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 so to speak. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in, in, in the traditional heroes' adventure stories, mm. um, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier, there's a dragon, you know, and the dragon's mm. guarding the golden ball or guarding the treasure or whatever it is. And, mm. um you know, it, it you know, Campbell says, you know, on every scale of the dragon, it says, "Thou shalt or thou shalt not." Um, mm. it's, it's it's all the you have, and you. But that's ultimately internalized. That dragon's in you, you know. Mm -hmm. It's mm. internalized, and 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 you fight it. You know, no, you're not going to tell me what to do. You know, I I'm going to. You know, um, but ultimately, you go. Wait a minute. This is all me underneath these scales. This is me, and yeah. you know, and and there's there is a, a a surrendering, and that's the point at which 
the gold comes. It's it, it's the point at which you stop fighting yourself. Um, yeah, because that's what you're yeah. fighting. You know, you're fighting a mm. construct of mm. yourself in your head that 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 you've yeah. made yeah. out of all these other people's narratives. Yeah. It's all their stories. Narrative, traumas, belief systems, early childhood experiences, all those things does it does it, it shapes that perception, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you know in, where you are in Australia, but you know, uh, the, one of the most wonderful and horrible you know family kinds of gatherings here is Thanksgiving. You know, you're supposed to be thankful, you know, for everything, and you get there with all this extended <laughs> family, and you hear all these stories about what you did once upon a time and what yeah. he did once upon a time, and and yeah. so this whole narrative fabric just keeps perpetuating itself and perpetuating mm. itself and so yep. you know they're they're going back to what you said th- th- there's some benefit in some uh, serendipitous way for us to be removed from those stories yeah. you know, w- yeah. w- w- we're still living that calendar of, of it's it's autumn it's thanksgiving for the bounty and be grateful but we're not living it through the stories of other people we're mm, having mm. to make it for ourselves. Um, yeah, and you could yeah. say the same thing about the Easter holidays, uh, you know, and spring coming and Persephone and the resurrection and all those stories. And these yeah. are all old stories, but they're yeah. really ingrained. And, mm. and, and, and they're ingrained in us as part of the social fabric. I mean, mm. we were little bands that went out together to bring down these big mastodons and yeah. you know, climb down little rickety rafts to find new worlds. And, yeah. Uh, we, you know, we found collective strength and we don't have that now. Mm. You know, we don't have that, but mm. we also don't have that distraction of, of living other people's stories. Yeah. 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 So, so with the hero's adventure and understanding some of what Joseph Campbell was, was preaching with the, the hero's journey, it really helps us, you know, with, with our lives, doesn't it? And understanding and maybe finding some meaning and purpose within our challenges. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. And among yeah. if nothing else, it says to you, this too shall pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you, you yeah. know, as my friend Jessica would say, it's only a play. It's an mm. adventure. You know, yes. it's an adventure. Look at it as an adventure. Look at it as challenges. And, and you know, and, and, and what is it teaching you? But it will end. Mm. There will be, you know, I mean, ultimately, not, not, not to be morbid, mm. but, you know, um, we will end. Yeah, you know? yeah um, absolutely. So, We're all in line, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't get around this one. So, yeah. uh, but, but to some extent, I, I think that it's it's the holding on, um, mm. because we don't we don't want that to happen, you know. Um, but we know it will. We're born into the world knowing. One poet yeah. says, um, "This yeah. too shall." So we hold on to other stuff. And then it holding on in, in the face of the tumultuous change that just keeps coming at us yeah. without the social structures that supported us create a situation where, where our stress levels are through the roof mm. um, yeah. Yeah. at the point that you yeah. should be shedding that in order to come in touch with your true self, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Preaching absolutely. to the choir, but... So, so knowing all this, and obviously getting you knowing Joseph Campbell so well, and working with him and all his works and the foundation work that you do, how has it impacted your life? The way that you lead it. 
Um, I, I, I'm just eternally grateful at the at the serendipity. Um, it, it has reaffirmed for me, um, you know, that, that to trust the river, to not fight the river, um, to recognize that when you know um, conflagration is what meets you, that maybe maybe the universe is saying, "Hey, whoa, whoa back off," you know, mm-hmm. reconsider. But but to 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 be a little bit more um, in touch with in touch with um, the challenges and blessings that, that, that my life has presented me with mm. and a, a much greater empathy for others who are still trying to um, own their own story. Uh, yeah. You know, own, own their own story, the good and the bad of it. And, and uh, you know, um, yeah. we have so many people who are living vicariously through, you know, the, the, the tabloids at the at the supermarket, you know, the the stars and the inquirers, or or the gossip magazines, or you know, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like you know, in the Middle Ages of Christian Europe, you took a saint's name when you were confirmed, um, and you were supposed to model your life on you. You picked that because there was an affinity. Okay, you like animals, you should be Francis, because here was Saint mm-hmm. Francis, and here was his story. Um, now, you know. Uh, I, I want to be Brad Pitt. Mm. I, I want to be Lady Gaga. Um, yeah. You know the number the number one job, um, preferred job, like fifty six percent of all eight up to eighteen year olds is to be a YouTube celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're we're living our lives. You know, in in TikTok moments, and and hoping that someone else will give us enough likes um, mm-hmm. that we can say, "Oh, you somebody that, likes that, me." Yeah, right, right. Outside of myself, isn't it? It's looking for that you know, outside wonderful. of ourselves again. If enough again. of them, yeah. if enough of them do, I can monetize myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the money that they're earning is ridiculous as well. Huge, yeah, and, huge and, and and it's not just that, but it's how many other people want to be like that, yeah, and yeah. And, and live their lives through them. You yeah. know, our only, you know, marker of value is money. So yeah, so mm. they get a lot of money because mm. you know they're the saints, the analogously the saints of the day that the mm. people coming into adulthood want to be like. It's mm. and and <laughs> coming into adulthood meaning about to turn 18 because that's about as old as they are so i mean it's a it's a funny it, 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 it it's, it's a funny kind of thing because it's turned even that most basic pattern that we all face of what's it like to be dependent and then a youth and then a you know a, well adolescent now we would say a, a, an adult in training now we got no 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 you know and and then you're supposed to be you know, you, you you reach my age and you're supposed to be starting to be wise, right? Mm. Well, no, most people who reach my age are already being put on that ice flow and sent away, you know? Uh, you don't have ice flows there. I mean, I guess it's sent into the outback, you know, go, go survive. <laughs> yeah. Won't last long out there. <laughs> Here's your jug of water. You know, good luck, buddy. You've outlived your time here. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we've even on that level, we've, we've really 
disrupted um, what, uh, a lot of what the traditional narratives that have come down to us have taught us. And we mm. have to reinvent them. We have to look at yeah. them again um, yeah. to make them work for us here and now in the face yeah. of the kinds of changes that, that, that are all around us and within us here and now. Mm. And, uh, yeah. and that, but that, that we're never going to get rid of a lot of this, these, these, you know, the, these images, they're tied to the seasons and they're tied to what our forebears have witnessed, tied to all of the narratives, all of the experiences we have every single day we get up, every night when we go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's in us. It's in us. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, the, the, I think the wisdom is in recognizing that and in delighting in it and saying, hey, I'm writing this. I'm writing this adventure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And if, if I yeah. feel that kind of agency, then I also can feel like, Whatever this adversity is that comes to me, I can handle it. I can yeah. learn what it's trying to teach me. Yeah. I can I can change, um, or I can you know just go on the way I am, bury my head in the sand, and say it will all die sometime. Maybe sooner rather than later is my mm. my ticket. Uh, and that's you know? that's the the hero's adventure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. To so, actively so, engage it. Absolutely, absolutely. So so to bring this just. To a close, people that want to explore more of Joseph Campbell's work in the Hero's Adventure, Hero's Journey, what's the best place for them to, to go to to start exploring like that first step, putting the, the toe into the pond, so to speak? I would say go to uh, the foundation website, which is JCF for Joseph Campbell Foundation, jcf.org.org. Um, mm -hmm. We're uh, on our fourth iteration. Uh, we had our first website and we were one of the first 500 websites to exist. Mm. And it's not just Campbell's work you'll find there, but you'll find, and you'll find a lot of that, but you'll find sections like Campbell and culture, which, which are talking of, you know, uh, different people who, who brought Campbell's ideas forward in the culture, a raft of what we call mythological resources for, you know, okay. events, books for different ages and an yeah. awful lot of Campbell as well as weekly conversations that go on uh, with what, what we call mm. myth blasts which are yeah. tied to a monthly theme and to the and to the time yeah. of year so it's and, a and they can order. sign up for that they can subscribe to that can they to get access to that yes yeah sign up yeah, there and you get this digest once once a week um yeah with a video clip and an audio clip and you know pointing you in some interesting directions um but it's yeah. a you know because it's we've had a website since 1995 and because campbell Campbell's own work is now, you know, so broadly recognized in so many different cultures and languages, and and because the the, the greater subject of his work, mythology, and the the, sto the stories that give our meaning to our lives, has mm. become something of a meme in, uh, in in contemporary culture. It's 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 a, a deep and, and large universe there to explore, yeah, and with a lot of doorways to other worlds. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure I put um, links to all this stuff in the show notes so um, you can have an explore. So what's in the future for you then, Bob? Well, What's the next adventure? I don't really know. Um, I'm, I, <laughs> you know I, I ask myself that. I think what, what, where I'm at now is, um, is, is uh, in, in, a, in a letting go phase. Um, mm. I have a, a, a goodly number of – I have colleagues I've worked with for – you know, 20 years or more. Um, but also, we also have a group of, uh, of 30 somethings and, and folks who have, uh, 
and we helped start a program in mythological studies. There's now 500 PhDs in mm -hmm. mythological studies running around. Um, so we <clears throat> we see this next generation in this next community. So I'm in the process of trying to hand off a lot of stuff that I, you know, I, I carried in my own hands to others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, familiarize them with their collective past mm -hmm. and winnow through, you know, a bunch of serendipitous kinds of things that have been coming my way. Podcasts like this or, you know, um, w uh, discussions about what, what's going on with contemporary culture, the Marvel universe and the Star Wars universe and, mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, the, the, and how mythology, which was, when I when I started this, you know, 40 years ago, Campbell was, it, you know, maybe a part of folklore or others, maybe something of religion is now everywhere. You know, yeah. it, it's in the pocket. So um, I'm looking to see where where I think I might um, I might have an opportunity to bring together some of those earlier passions. Um, w w with some of these cultural concerns uh, in a different way. Particularly if I'm uh, if I'm a, if I'm able to um, delegate uh, and and let go of of other things that I've been doing and, and let my younger colleagues carry the ball um, mm. and 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 I need to do that in order to actually find the space to to begin to see the outlines of what that um, yeah next Exciting. act might be yeah, yeah it is it is it Exciting really is stuff. Yeah, well, thank you so much again for coming on, on the podcast, Bob. Um, thank you for all the work that you've done in the past and with the foundation and everything you're doing now and whatever it is that you're going to do in the future. I know it's, it'll be amazing, whatever it is. Um, so just want to thank you again for, for being the first guest on the Your Hero's Journey podcast. Thanks so much. Well, thank, thank you for inviting me and honoring me by being the first guest and being, you know, uh, scrupulous in, 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 in actually getting me here. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm just uh, amazed that you're on. It's just, um, it really is just um, to have that guy. You're that guy. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bob. From one guy to that guy. See <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was great, wasn't he? Bob's such a nice guy. For him to be so generous with his time really was amazing just to get... To have contact with someone so close to Joseph Campbell, you know, we are very, very lucky. So if you liked the episode, please comment, please share, please like, please subscribe, share the love, spread the word. Uh, I'd be very, very grateful for that. Uh, this podcast you know, is something very special to me and the aim of this is to really showcase inspirational personal accounts of healing on all different levels and introduce you to world experts in medicine, complementary alternative medicine, mind-body medicine um, in the hope that it inspires you to never give up providing hope and belief in your healing journey. This podcast, it's a mix of interviews of survivors and thrivers, special co-hosts, you know, medical and complementary alternative medicine experts, as well as solo shows from me. So what I really want for this podcast is for it to look beyond the story to the essence of these healing journeys and what they tell us about the way that we live our lives. And with this knowledge, my hope is that it's going to inspire you all to make meaningful change in your life so you can reap all the benefits.